0: Very great. Hallelujah. Woohoo!
1: That worked out. Thank you, Lord. Hi, right, Mr. Co's gonna break, kids. Ready?
2: Father God, we thank you that you are faithful and that you are true. And most of all, we thank you that you wanted family, you wanted children, sons and daughters. And we just praise you because you've called us to be your sons and daughters. And you are such a good God. And Vera and I and Jason, and we were talking about what it's going to be like when we get up there with you. And we just look forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, we're, we're going to just stay here and stand on Your Word. And we thank You for blessing us and watching over us, uh, taking care of all, everybody in this church, meeting our needs, being with us, and giving us guidance when we need it, that we can walk out on Your Word and stand on it. In Christ's name we praise You. Amen. 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 Thank you,
0: Lord.
1: Huh. Okay, so this is persevering faith, part two, which is endurance. I heard a dean. Here. Somebody else trying to come in? No? Okay, we're good. you're All right. So we're going to just dive right into it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 37. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. woo Oh, my God. So I wanted to start off with, I wanted to share the new thing I learned today. Um, When it comes to the word receive in Scripture, I have focused most of my attention uh, on two words. One, two. One is decomai, and one is lambano. So to illustrate, Decomai would be like if you have this book, right? And then you just put it in my hands. Boom. That's decommai. Okay? So uh, this is one one way of seeing that to receive a gift, right? And then um, hold that book. Lambano, which is the primary word used when regarding uh, receiving the Holy Spirit, particularly when we're talking about the manifestation you know, receiving the Holy Spirit in Manifestation, the word is lambano, which is more like this. Okay. Take that book, right? <laughs> You'd say, well, this word, receive what is promised, is neither of those words. It's neither of those words. It's another word for receive in Scripture. There's a lot of them. Okay. So, uh, again, my pitch for, you know, diving a little deeper into the Scripture for the nuance. But uh, this word, receive, is camiso. So, Bollinger has it defined in his lexicon as this, to take care of, to provide for, uh, of one fallen in battle. So that's where it comes from. You know, you're, you're helping someone who's fallen down, you're taking him up. When that became, uh, to take up and bear away. So, uh, to take up, carry off, so as to preserve. And that's just, I mean, the Holy Spirit just always uses the exactly correct word. That we have need of endurance that we might take up, hold on to, and preserve that which is promised to us.
0: Hmm.
1: Isn't that good? So yeah. I was really I was really excited about that. But that's that that's that word, receive. So but we're gonna talk about endurance, see? We need endurance to be able to receive what God promises us. <laughs> So we start off with, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. And um, Mark chapter 10, I just wanted to go here to, to, uh, to illustrate what throwing away is, right? So in Mark chapter 10, and in verse 46, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. It sounds like a. Luke sounds like an. I mean, Mark sounds like a reporter, you know? I was like, well, what was your name again? You get that? And who's your father? <laughs> um, anyhow, get all facts straight. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the spirit of religion loves comportment. And what what I mean by, you know, um, good, like, nice behavior. No one talk loud, everyone get in line. And usually what we do in church is we, we cover up the spirit of religion with, you know, God does everything decent and in order. Well, loud can be decent and in order, right? And there are times where we have need. So when it comes to prayer and needing something from Jesus, a lot of times you need to let passion educate your volume. So, you know, you have the example of Hannah who prayed silently to the Lord, but her lips were moving. So she prayed from the heart, but her lips were moving. And when Eli saw her, he said, you know, stop your drinking, you're a drunk woman. She said, no, I'm not a drunk woman, I'm, I'm praying to God, right? But then you have blind Bartimaeus, who hears, well, what's all the commotion about? But Jesus and now this is coming. And he's saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! And the people in here are like, stop that, <laughs> don't do that scare him away <clears throat> and many rebuked him telling him to be silent <laughs> Stop that. So I don't know if you've ever had opportunity in life where you're asking God for something and maybe it's making those around you a little uncomfortable and they say, you know you got to give that up you got to stop that be realistic. Uh, yeah, be realistic, yeah. <laughs>
0: that
1: is good for
2: you,
0: Sarah. Good for you, I have. Reality
1: is such a low form of living. That's a good word. Um, Just because you set the bar a little Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So what was his reaction? You know, when they said to be silent, but he cried out all the more. This <laughs> yeah. stopped him. He was like, you know... <laughs> Son of David, have mercy on him. He's, I mean, he's yelling out, right? And Jesus stops and says, Call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak. So this is this is the don't throw away your confidence. This is throwing, just casting this thing off to the side. Just throwing it out. Um, it is... Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. I could read you the, you know, who cares at this point? Just throw it off. Well, oftentimes the beggars would this is their outer garment. They would lay that down while they were begging to collect their alms. You know, he's a blind man. He's got it on. But if you do a study in Scripture about um, casting off and putting on, you know, casting off the old man, putting on the new man, he is, he is. Leaving aside all self and humbling himself to Jesus, and uh, Jesus says to him, "What do you want me to do for you?" I keep coming back to this because so frequently I've seen people who are seeking the miraculous. You know, their fleece is not to tell the person who's ministering to them what it is they want. You know, a lot of times when we're ministering. We need to help people verbalize what it is they want. They need to say it. They need to acknowledge it. You know? So, I mean, how obvious can you get? They're leading a blind man to him. Right? And Jesus says, what do you want? Remember the guy who was lame, who couldn't get in the water?
2: Yeah, nobody will let me in yeah, the water. No one
1: let me in the water. Jesus like, I didn't ask you if you wanted to get in the water. I asked you if you wanted to be well. What do you want? And what do you want? And he says, uh, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So... Um, immediacy is, is like the language of scripture, okay, in terms of the, mir- of the miraculous, you know. There's, there's, we receive supernatural healing, but if it's not overnight, we're like, well, I don't know if that was a miracle or not, you know. <laughs> hey, sometimes these things take time. Um, I dig into my notes here. So you're yeah. thinking he was following Jesus just to make sure that this uh, whole vision thing stuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking for a particular verse, if you'll just bear with me here. In uh, 2 Corinthians 12.12, Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he says, Truly, the signs and of apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So we we have this picture that signs, wonders, and mighty deeds are all about this immediate thing. And yet, Paul did this among the Corinthians with endurance. It takes endurance to see the miraculous. It takes endurance to see the power of God break out. Some, you've got matter of fact, one one prime example of endurance is bearing up under the anointing. Now, you know, some call it slaying in the spirit. I, I like the the uh, Anglican Charismatic phrase on this, which is called falling under the grace. But. In in my experimentation with this, um, I think there are times where God just needs to get your flesh out of the way and he just does it as a sovereign act. But I think oftentimes when people fall into the grace is because they can't endure the anointing. They just can't, they endure, can't it. endure what? They cannot endure the anointing. Oh. And and you've you've gotta be able to bear up under the anointing. There was a season of time um in, in this ministry where um I had allowed my body to get it just in poor shape, you know. I was used to, um, I was used to doing the kind of work I, I'm doing again and I wound up by, behind a desk and I didn't change my diet, didn't change a bunch of things and it got to be that when, when I would come and I would teach for an hour, I would have a massive, I, I mean I would have just a horrible headache mm. and, and it, was, it was debilitating at times. We'd get done with church and I'd have to just go lay down. You know, I'm and sorry, Nick. I, hey, so the thing of it was is, it, is it, that it, my right body... you
2: never come to anybody and ask
1: for ask for prayer. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, work worked it through, hiding. But um, I, I had to make some changes. I had to make some changes because I recognized this temple wasn't bearing up under the anointing. There were things God wanted to do, and and I was frying some circuits trying to get it done. Okay, so. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are certain things that, that I mean, God can always go beyond. But, you know, if, if you're doing things to your body, which makes it difficult to do, you know, think about these guys in the first century. They walked most of the places they went, you know. If you're struggling walking a mile, I, I mean, you got to take that into consideration, Right? So to 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 carry across these signs was done in much endurance. So what I but I wanted to show you this 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 casting off. You know it's it's something that we wear this confidence in Christ. It should be you know part of our garment, and we shouldn't just well I don't know if I can trust him anymore. You know throw that off right? That would be a bad deal. If you throw off your confidence, you're going to flag out in the day of trial. Okay. So, confidence, it, we've looked at this word before. And it's this word, paresia. It's also boldness, is how it's translated, to be bold, right? It's all outspokenness, frankness, frankness, right? Bluntness, uh, publicity, assurance, that's Strong's definition. Uh, the uh, exe- exegetical dictionary of the New Testament says paresia refers to pr- properly to one's freedom to say anything. And thence to straightforwardness and openness in speech. It's not just about being blunt. It's about having the right to be blunt. It's about the right to be to speak freely. <clears throat> I, I just had another, you know, movie example show up.
0: <laughs> I was going to say. I think you so,
1: got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got it. Well, I mean, you know, here's here's the thing. Any mention of a movie is not an endorsement thereof. Um, watch at your own risk. But in *Last of the Mohicans*, there's this, as I recall, this great scene where um, the, you know, the Brits are talking about the colonials. And, and one of them is very frustrated. He says, these, you know, basically these, these people tell us what, what they're going to do and then, and then they depart without even so much as a by your leave. I mean, ask it. You know, just like, they just behave like they're free people in essence. You know, they just speak their mind. They walk out the door. You know? We're supposed to walk in the door and speak our mind. It's that, that's, that's what this confidence is, is, is understanding it. And so, um, as uh, in, in the book of Hebrews, we've, we've looked at it several times. Hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So we're not supposed to throw it away, we're supposed to hold it fast, right? Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16, the first part of the verse. And Hebrews 10.19, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Right? So, uh, this is what Andrew Murray wrote about this boldness uh, in in The Holiest of All. The boldness with which we are to enter is not, first of all, a conscious feeling of confidence. It is the objective, God-given right and liberty of entrance which the blood assures us. Don't throw that away. Don't throw away the truth that you have the blood-bought right to stand before your Father in hopeful expectation of good amen it's coming it's coming Hebrews 10 35 therefore do not throw away your confidence which has great reward your confidence has great reward anybody who hopes in God will not be ashamed it's not a vain hope there's there's payout at the end of it because what he promises is true the list of rewards to this saint is long. And the primary one is eternal life. <laughs> Not dying is pretty good many. Right? Those who believe in me shall never die. <clears throat> but I think it's helpful to have some specificity of what these rewards are or what they might look like. And for that, well, we got to go to heaven <laughs> to see it. So... In Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, it says, um, "...the twenty-four elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne, and worship Him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne." They cast their crowns before the throne. And I was going to do this before we started, but I held off too long, so I'll do it now. In, in verse 4 it says, Round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. We know the white raiment is the righteousness of the saints. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Crowns of gold. Now, um, it doesn't take a lot of you know, dictionary. Look, what does a crown represent? Royalty. Royalty? Royalty. Authority. 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 Accomplishment. So in the Games, in the Olympic Games, one of the things that they would do when athletes would complete compete, um, you know, we hand out medals. Right? But they used to get laurel leaves, a crown of laurel leaves. This is what we talk about, not resting on your laurels. Ever heard that? Well we can't rest on our laurels. What does that mean? We can't just sit idly buy on past accomplishment. But that's where that comes from, is that reward that they would give athletes who would win in competition. They would get this, and that's this word, Stephanus, these crowns. These crowns are reward crowns, and they represent all that. Accomplishment, reward, authority, because we are a kingdom of priests before our God, right? And, and these 24 elders were casting these crowns before the Lord. Why? Because all of those crowns cost the crown of thorns pounded into his head. All those crowns cost the Lord Jesus to wear the curse of the thorns and thistles on his brow for you and for me, that we might accomplish through his patience great things and love to receive reward. This is what they said. Worthy are you, O Lord, and our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. Everything we have, everything we are, we owe to him, because it all came from him. So even that which he grants us the right and power to accomplish, and he rewards us for, came from his hand to begin with. Isn't that good? So, just gonna. this is something that you can pick up and study on your own. Um, I just want to review with you the five crowns mentioned in Scripture for the saints that are rewards. And, and these aren't the only rewards for the saints. But these rewards, these crowns... See, we have an inheritance by birth. The inheritance by birth is eternal life. The inheritance by birth is to be in the new heavens and the new earth. Inheritance by reward is to be in the temple of God. Inheritance by reward is to uh, be an administrator over cities or nations. Inheritance by reward involves these crowns. Those who are casting those crowns were elders. And elders, true elders, you can read their character traits, right? So there is an imperishable crown for self-control. That's 1 Corinthians 9.25. That when you exhibit self-control, and this is a comparison used directly with this athletic endeavor that I just shared with you, is that those who compete for mastery, an athlete has self-control. He doesn't eat certain things. He doesn't do a lot of things because they are training. And that training requires self-control. Paul follows this on with, you know, when I box, I don't just beat the air. I'm not just shadow boxing. I do it for competition. You know, I train my body, I keep my body under. Well, self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit, okay? Um. Wins for us. We we exhibit self control because what we want to see is this crown that doesn't fade away. Not you know. Well yeah, four years ago I got that laurel. It's all brown now. You can't tell, but it was really cool back in the day. No 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 no. Our our crown doesn't fade away. You know. Don't you want to have something to toss before his throne? You know something to give. Amen. Instead of standing there half naked going, well it's good to make the party. Don't, don't want that, right?
2: Yeah, um, too good.
1: Now, this one, this is one of my favorites, this crown of rejoicing. This is not an actual literal crown. It's the people you led to the Lord. They're your crown of rejoicing. And, and so even at this, wouldn't it be nice to say, oh, Lord, these are all the people that I got to tell mm-hmm. about you and to put them before his throne. This is uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 19 and 20. These are real rewards, people. A crown of righteousness for all who love His appearing. You know why? Because those who have the hope purify themselves. When you truly hold the hope, you understand that you need to be pure. And so the hope truly held purifies us. Well, the reward for that is a crown of righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. There's a crown of life for all those who endure temptation out of love for Jesus. And we're going to talk about love and endurance here in a moment. But those who endure temptation... You know, there, is, there, are, there are small... God started this early, right? <laughs> you know, God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil right smack dab in the middle of the garden right there by the tree of life and he told the kids don't eat that why self control self control so if if you're gonna do appropriate parenting you don't endanger your children but at some point in time you're gonna have to have something around that is going to strengthen their self-control something they'll have to wait for something they can't have right now but it's there well not now you have to wait you have to exhibit self-control okay and so now if I walk by those nice sweets that are on the table and I don't have them right now, that's a measure of self-control. But there's self-control that we could do for selfish desire. Well, I want to keep I want to keep my figure. You know, I don't want I gotta exhibit some self-control. Not because I'm worried about the temple of the Holy Spirit and bearing up under the anointing and having the strength to finish my race. I just want to look good. Well that's not the kind, that's not the endurance we're talking about getting a reward for. It's the reward you get to endure temptation because you love Jesus more than you love the world. Amen. And that's James chapter one verse twelve and Revelation two two ten. You know, happier you when you encounter temptations. Why? Because it builds endurance. It builds endurance. Amen. And then there's the crown of glory. Crown of glory. For feeding the flock willingly and being a good example. First Peter five four. This is not a crown, I believe, that's just reserved for what we call the pastors. You know, the shepherds. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't
1: it be funny if that's what we use? We get so use the language, right? Well, he's a pastor, you know. Uh, pastor? You know, it's not my name. Um, <laughs> you know? pastor's not my name. And, but what if we you know, what if we didn't do that? What if we just called them all shepherds? You know? Um Yeah, well, shepherd so-and-so, shepherd so-and-so, that's that's the word. Of course, then it can get worse, you just call them herders, you know? (laughs) Maybe that's what they're really big, never mind. (laughs) Okay, so, um, it's a crown of glory for feeding the flock willingly and being a good example. Everybody has a sphere of influence. Everybody has, and then as you grow older, God willing, you have children, you are tasked with shepherding your children. And you need to do it not as being a, a, a lord over God's inheritance, but being an example, that you lead by example, not by autocracy. You know, do it because I said so. Kind of a deal. So, those are the five crowns mentioned, the Stephanus crown. Um, and I believe these are some of the things that you know are being put before his throne. These are some of the great rewards, right, of this authority, this recognition, this... Um, uh, glory at your resurrection, dependent upon how it is you're serving the Lord. It's not a salvation of works. I'm talking about rewards. It's different. Okay. Hebrews 11, verse 26 says, Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. See, <clears throat> This enduring out of love for Jesus, Moses walked away from Egypt because he considered the reward in Christ greater. You know, most of the adaptations of this, would, you know, be it the Prince of Egypt or um, the Charlton Heston classic, you know, don, don, don. Hey, I found this in your crib. I think you're a Hebrew. Uh, oh no, my whole identity is in question. Isn't how it went down <laughs> at all. Moses always knew where he came from. That's what they were celebrating. The fact that he had been adopted was something that was celebrated in Pharaoh's household. He'd been saved from the water. Okay? And um, so he knew his calling, which is why he went and murdered someone. You know, some misapplication of his calling, you know. <laughs> it happens, you know. <laughs> Saul did it, Paul did it. You know, David wanted to build a temple. I was like, well you killed a lot of people, but I like you. <laughs> Anyhow, but how did he? Why? Because he was looking to the reward. I keep beating this drum because it's not wrong to look for the reward. I, every marketing, anybody with a marketing degree knows you've got a reward behavior to to get customers you know if you're really slick about it what you do is you make your product addictive (laughs) and then the product itself becomes the reward but if you have some other kind of intangible thing you cannot go anywhere today without some you want to sign up to our rewards program you can be part you can win points you can win miles for flying with us you can win food for eating with us you can win movie tickets for eating why do they do that because they know it works no one comes up with giveaway free stuff for buying not free stuff, um, without knowing that that's going to make people buy more things. Right? It works. It's how we're built. And, and to cast that off, to say, well, I just want His face and not His blessing. I'm not here for the reward. Is to say, God, I only want part of you, not everything you offer, which is stupid. <laughs> right? You're taking away a major motivation in life.
2: You can also have the bad guy on the other side, like in my business of work, you have those bad state actors in third world countries where uh-huh. you want to steal your identity and empty your bank account. Yeah, Those guys keep you motivated to keep your antivirus up to date on yeah. your computer and do Windows updates. Yeah, I mean, you know, they there could be a,
1: a negative back of it. I'm no. thinking about raising children, you know? Yeah. I mean, a parent, if, if before they had the child, you told the parent, hey, listen. Um, you're going to have this beautiful baby you're going to love it it's going to depend on you um, showing one hitch what's that well it, you're always going to have to feed it and wipe its butt huh yep forever but they'll love you you can hold them and rock them you know but hey the diaper changing thing will never go away they will never be independent they'll never be on their own how many of you going to sign up for that program <laughs> right but how how much child cleaning i mean how much vomit? I just being, you know, just being realistic here. How much excrement and vomit and and dirt have we mopped and cleaned and bathed? Because we knew one day this would be, well, we would receive the reward of a grown-up, an independent uh, human being, right? That we could love and relate to. Right?
2: And that's what God's working for with us.
1: Yes, cosmic awareness. So there's a reward there. You know? Having kids there's a lot of endurance that has to happen because you're looking for that reward. Right?
0: It's as stupid as a farmer who would plant seeds See. and not expect yeah. to harvest.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just wanna dig the ground. I don't wanna I don't want to harvest the fruit. I just love the ground.
0: I just, I just want to kiss
1: the mother. I don't want her fruit. You know, I mean, no.
0: Or sow a financial seed is Yeah. not expect a reward. Not God. God. You know, yeah, yeah. It's got rules that govern all that stuff.
1: Amen. You know? To to give or tithe and, and and then at the same side of your mouth say, well, I'm not doing it for. I am! I want my money blessed. <laughs> I can't make any other way. I don't make enough. Never have.
2: Spring is absolutely beautiful with all the flowers and green leaves, but fall is greater with do, do all fruits.
1: the fruit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Promised rewards propel us through present <clears throat> problems. Promised rewards propel us through present problems. Thank okay? you, Lord. That's what it does. I, I, I work real hard to alliterate all of that so you remember. Did well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sometimes you have to persevere. Um, but that's what they do. It's like, okay, I'm carrying it through. There's there's an end goal here, there's a reward here. I'm gonna get there. You know, when you save to buy something, there's pain. You can't, you know, you can't just do whatever you want with your money, you gotta save. But then once you save up what you gotta get, then there's reward you, you know. This kind of a thing. I mean, this this applies all through life. But it applies to your spiritual walk. Endurance is a necessity. It, it, you know, you have need of endurance. It's, this is not optional to the Christian walk. You, you you do not make it to the finish line by being weak. You can't. You will not. If you cannot endure, you won't make it to the end. And not making it to the end is not good. Amen. It's Amen.
0: It's like having consistency some of the time. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> Matthew, chapter ten. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
1: <laughs> Matthew 10 and verse 19 when they deliver you over when they deliver you over it's like talk about motorcycles right you know, it's, not, it's not if you have an accident it's when you have an accident you know, when you lay that bike down anybody approaches, how about promise or reward anybody who approaches me with about a, about a motor vehicle of any type and says oh by the way this two wheel vehicle it is guaranteed you're going to have a wreck at some point in time it's going to happen. It's not a win. it's an if. Don't sign me up. <laughs> Ain't worth it. <laughs> the reward of fun and gas mileage savings, for me, is not worth it. That's me, okay? You probably have some convictions. But, you know, my like grandpa over there, he used to, where are you kids? You know your grandpa used to just like stand on a motorcycle? Stand on the seat of a motorcycle and just ride it? No. Oh, yes, stories. he did. Yes, he, he didn't tell you that story? No. That's your grandpa.
0: Man okay.
1: Out, <laughs> tell the stories on it's you. Kind
2: of, it's just kind of stupid, but... to
0: <laughs> live <laughs> to tell the tale. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've uh,
2: I probably had 30 or 40 times when I had to lay it, when I had a wreck with a motorcycle. Yeah. It's a wonder I'm still here. I, I've had to literally lay, lay it, had people pull right out in front of me. I had no way of going around them or stopping. I had to lay the motorcycle down and slide into their vehicle. Uh Uh, Many times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, I I didn't, it took me a long while to figure out that maybe I hadn't ought to be riding motorcycles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's a win. When they deliver you up.
2: It's not just motorcycles either. You think about people who drive cars. I mean, I've been in at least five accidents. Yeah, I don't know anybody in my family that hasn't at least hit a garbage can driving through the neighborhood. There's a lot around me.
0: Yeah? A
1: lot more around me in a car.
0: It, it just jumped out and hit the car.
1: And on my bike, <laughs> my
0: bar, which I
1: don't have. But yes, you're right. Uh, when they deliver you up. It's not a when
2: you're right when you ride a horse, when you fall off of the horse when you fall off
1: the horse, <laughs> When they deliver you over. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for you are to say for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. So I and I have this discussion all the time. She likes to plan out a conversation so she knows what her options are, which is prudent. I understand it. Um, my problem is that I lived much of my life that way, and I got to the point in my early 20s where I thought I knew everything, <laughs> what, what people were going to say. Um, and I really got good enough at it that I got highly manipulative in conversations. I could just drive the conversation by pre-thinking through the options and miss entirely what God wanted to say. So, of course, I defaulted way hard on the other side. It's like, well, what are you going to say? I have no idea. I'll walk in the room and we'll get there. Now, doesn't mean I don't prepare. I mean, obviously, I prepare what to say. So I'm not talking about being mindless. I'm just saying that when God sends you into a place and you get in a jam, which will happen, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. He's going to give you the words to say. Now, he gave Stephen the words to say, and the end result was Stephen was stoned to death. He's not promising you an outcome, he's promising you wisdom. Amen? They were so demonically incensed, they saw his face like an angel, that they just they just I mean they just went into a murder frenzy and stunned him. Okay? And yet he said the right thing. You understand? And then sometimes you say the right thing, you it's like Paul. They got him down there, they're taking his clothes off, they're getting ready to You know, they're gonna beat him down, and he's like, hey, did you check my citizenship card? You might not want to be doing that. We're a Roman. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> We're all in trouble. Hey, hey, your clothes, here's some money. Go out of town, don't say that. Oh no, i am not be <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Right? So, be giving you that very hour. For it is not you speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. This has happened. and continues to happen. Uh, During the um, uh, Cultural Revolution in Mao's China, something we should never forget, you know, because China is still communist and China is still run by this thing. But what they did was the government schools, the government schools asked the kids, hey, tell us if your parents have any special habits, have any special books that they read. And then uh, the kids being rewarded with candy, would turn their parents in. Well, that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was that in some instances, they would gather these parents, and they'd put them in the public square. And they would put the children in white clothing. And then they'd let the children kill the parents, and the children with the most blood on their robes got more reward. Okay. And that's how they
0: had a revolution in their culture. Okay. Evil.
1: Evil. evil. evil Evil and wicked Mm -hmm. children turn their parents and parents turn their children okay um these things are real and you will be hated by all you will be hated by all for my name's sake for the one who endures the one who endures to the end will be saved it's Jesus talking okay so um again We are not talking about the salvation of your spirit, which is by grace. We're talking about your soul. Luke 21, verse 17. You will be hated by all for My name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. The King James has it this way, in patience. Possess ye your soul. That life there is suke. Right? It's your soul life. And through endurance you preserve it. Through endurance, you keep it. He who endures to the end will be saved. His life will be saved. His soul. Okay? Second Timothy chapter two, verse eleven. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him. We will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. See, what we're talking about we're talking about rewards. We're not talking about salvation of the spirit. We're talking about rewards. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And this is the answer to those troubling passages of, "Did we not prophesy in your name?" Get away from me! I don't know you. Okay? This involves that those who don't have a filial love with the Lord Jesus will be cursed at his coming. We're talking about your soul life. We're talking about your commitment, your endurance. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he will not <coughs> deny himself. You will never be cast off forever. Amen? You're his and will always be his. But he's always just. Right? And to reign with him, you have to endure. Okay? So, the love of God fuels endurance. Remember I showed you that crown? Um, that it it is it is related to enduring temptation for the love. It's a crown of righteousness. Is a crown of righteousness? Anyway, one of the crowns. All right? Is enduring temptation for the love of Jesus. Love <coughs> is what powers what powers endurance i'll go back to that
2: i think of the apostles mm-hmm. when, crown, uh, of life. Uh, when yeah, crown of life uh, i think of the apostles when many of the disciples of jesus left because he said you're going to eat my blood and mm-hmm. you know and he, he said well will you leave all he said to the apostles Will you leave also? And they said, well, "Where are you going to go? You yeah, we got the there. words of life. Yeah. yeah, you got the words and, of life. And, and there's no place else to go. No, nope. no place else to go. First
1: Corinthians 13:7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Endures. I go act the kids, you know, and, and all the trials with children, you know, and you go through much of it because you love that child. There's no, there's no sugarcoating it. There's much unpleasantness in raising children. <laughs> Necessary.
2: But the rewards.
1: But the rewards are great. Amen. Most of that endurance in raising children involves you having to turn into a grown-up. <laughs> that was Heidi's big revelation for us, which I, 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 I rubber stamp to this day. She said, I believe God gives us children so that we could be grown up. (laughs) (laughs) She's a white woman. (laughs) Right, she is. (laughs) For those that are thinking about getting started out, the sleepless nights with pussy diapers are the easy part. That's the easy part, yeah. Oh yeah, you guys are. I I love to encourage new parents, like when, when I see, Dads and moms and babies and I just really get excited because I think it's an exciting time in life. Now if they have older kids they already know. But if you know if that's the only kid they're carrying, you're like, oh, it's great. Enjoy every minute of it. It gets harder from here. <laughs> it's already hard. <laughs> you mean, you think a, you think the three-year-old tantrum wait until you hit a teenage tantrum? Ain't nothing. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> that that poop's harder to clean. Anyhow. All right, God. Here's the good news. God supernaturally empowers our endurance. See, this is something you cannot do in your own strength. This is something that God provides strength for. See, this is why we can cast the crown in his feet. Ephesians three sixteen. It's a prayer that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Endurance comes not from physical strength, not just mental strength, it comes from spirit strength. And the way to strengthen your spirit man, right, is pray. You know, pray that prayer, but also it says, he who speaks in a tongue, what? Edifies himself.
2: heals himself up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's one way you build strength in your spirit man is by praying in the spirit much. Right? Strengthened with power by his spirit and inner being. Colossians chapter 1, verse 8. It's talking about apoprys. Has made known to us your love in the spirit. This saint came back and said, these people really are flowing in the love of God. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, here the ESV has it translated patience. Um, the King James has it translated suffering. Uh, endurance or patience and long-suffering, or endurance. And patience. So okay, so let's talk about endurance and long-suffering. The thing of it is is that endurance, which is that other word I showed you, and long-suffering, um, we use patience as a synonym for both, okay? But how we generally view patience as an English word is much more related to this long-suffering word, which is having a macro temper a macrotemper. I am a macrotemper. Not a huge, like, I'm, like, really tempestuous, but uh, it is microthumos, right? Uh, we would say, in the English vernacular, he's got a long fuse. Got a long fuse. He's patient. He's long-suffering. So, endurance is bearing up under, is having the strength to bear up under. Um, I probably didn't even put the word up there. Endurance is uh, um, it's, it's, uh, cheerful endurance, constancy, uh, to remain under. Um, it's, to, it's to abide under, to bear up courageously. Okay? This is, this is the, the, the nuance of endurance. It, and It has this attitude of children. So long-suffering, all right? for instance, long-suffering would be, okay, you join this really hip um, uh, you know, workout spa. And they have the awesomest machine, like a full-body workout, four minutes. That's all you just need that machine. Problem is, only have one of them. They only
2: have one of
1: them. They only have one of them. Oh. You know, they got all the, you know, they got the 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 walker things and the stair things and the free weights, but the awesome machine. Well, it costs a lot of money, and you know, it's a four-minute workout. But you know, um, there's only one of them. And so, uh, you want to go to the four-minute workout, except that there's like, you know. There's five people in front of you. So, waiting 20 minutes for that machine without complaining uh, could be for some long suffering. You know, if there were uh, 10 people in front of you, then maybe it would take, you know, 40 minutes. But you're waiting. You're in line and you're going to be long suffering. You're, that's how we usually view patience, right? So, that would be, uh, you know, patiently waiting in line, long suffering is waiting for that machine. Endurance would be getting on that machine and doing an eight-minute workout, okay? Endurance would be to, to bear up under, to really hang in there, right? Hold the line. I think of ancient warfare, and when, when the men would lock shields, the whole thing about, uh, you know, legionnaire warfare, Greek warfare, and the Greek warfare came out of the phalanx from, from um, Philip uh, of Macedon, but it, it was a matter of, it wasn't a matter of the solo endeavor um, and, and the, the feats of strength by a single guy. You know, your, your value of a soldier was linked with your ability to hold shoulder to shoulder and to bear up under. And so the whole thing, I mean, usually they were over in about 45 minutes, these epic battles, um, because you have two armies crashing against each other and uh, in the in the greek version and in uh, alexander the great's army you had the phalanx had five rows so you have these (laughs) you have these uh lances they're like 15 feet long 15 20 feet long and so the you know the, the first line has their shield out with their lance down and they're all down so you have you have these staggered like three feet apart these points five deep of all these lines and these guys are just pushing forward, they're just pushing forward. Well, the opposing army, they just got to stand there <laughs> and push back. And then when one side collapses, they're out. They're out, because the minute you collapse and you turn, that's where all the killing happens. Yeah. It happens in the route when you run over. So if you just bear up under, if you can just hold the line, hold the shield, hold the line, and press. You know, push. Oh! what it was all about. That's 75, 50 to 75 pounds of equipment. About 45 minutes, and it was all over, right? But it was decisive. It's about holding the real estate, like holding the ground.
0: Opposite of the war. Yeah, yeah, very opposite of the
1: title war. So that's, that's, a, that's a better picture of endurance, you know? Um, the military axiom, hurry up and wait. That's patience, right? You know? Everybody, you know, you're, you're called to mask or whatever the case may be. You're hurting, you're standing around, waiting for the next order. That's, that's long. Endurance is to sit there in the firefight day after day after day after day, after day and not run, not turn tail
2: hold it. We were, we were talking earlier about King David and what a warrior he was, mm-hmm. and, and it makes me think, you know, he, he was in a fight with a sword, you know, and killing, uh, or, or maybe even a jaw of a, a monkey, a jaw of a donkey, but whatever, but there, it, it kills so many men, but after he was done, he couldn't un- couldn't let go. Couldn't get couldn't get the sword out of his hand. His hand was locked on that sword. Yeah,
1: it was the bean right. field. He and his he and one of his mighty men fought back to back. They killed eight hundred men. Good. And when they were done, their hand was frozen to the sword. Oh, couldn't let it go. I'm
2: just just uh, yeah. We want to we want to see some videos of this stuff, right?
1: <laughs> I think
2: I think yeah, of the carnage, like the killing. But I mean, what a, what a great. What a great man, David
1: was. Yes, that's
0: some It's Like, you know, I'm thinking back through like just you doing the Red Man for three minutes. You yeah. you bite, you've got amnesia, you huh. like you it can is breathe, intense. Or, your blood pressure's like all over the place, you wanna throw up. So, but, so people now, who don't know, just right.
1: explain to them what the red man is.
0: So it's essentially you fight in Police Academy they they do like the red man test. So you fight three different guys, each one's like sixty seconds or until you get them to like comply. But it's like a full on out fight, like the guys don't give up easy. And I, the first one I did, I I don't remember half of it. And but you're just so exhausted afterwards. And that's just like a three-minute ordeal. You've got like your wrestling pads on and stuff. But if you're wearing like what they wore back then, you've got heavy metal and mm-hmm. chainmail and swords and like to go back to back and kill eight hundred. Or you know you hear stories of cops that like are in an elevator and they get mobbed by like five guys. And you're in this fight for your life for like five minutes waiting for backup, like five minutes is an eternity. Eternity, yeah. Yeah. And that's against five people. Eight hundred? Yeah. Eight
1: hundred I just I think of the carnage of of eight hundred dead in hand to hand combat. And, and the courage of the two men who stood back-to-back. And back. then I think That's of the crazy idiocy crazy here, of number courage 751
2: courage and it's
0: 752.
1: Here, here, hold on. Let me get these guys out of the way. It's like, kill you two. That's uh, crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the endurance and long-suffering, okay? Proverbs 24.10, if you faint... <laughs> In the day of adversity, your strength is small. See, we need to train in the day when it's not adverse, So when adversity comes, we can bear up. I always, I believe grace comes in the trial. So I don't, I don't try to want. I'm gonna fast for the next three weeks because I know famine's coming, so I just wanna know how to behave, you know? Or, um, hey, I'm gonna check out and live in a concentration camp for a month because I wanna be ready for when they put us in a concentration camp. Now, that sounds crazy because it is. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and by the way, it is how we train soldiers. Um, you know, We have special schools designed to teach them how to get through POW camps, and, and we put them in real life scenarios we have them arrested on the street. And, you know, things are done like putting them in barrels and burying them in the ground and then turning a the tap of water on into the barrel, you know, and not letting them know whether you're going to let them out or not. See if they'll talk. The point being that everybody talks. Everybody talks eventually, you know. Grace comes in the trial, but you've got to be ready. you got to be prepared. you got to bear up under. you got to do the simple things, you know, uh, to have that temperance, to have that endurance. Because if the day, you know... Um, I, I, think, I think back on the episode with cancer and everything else. Um, okay, without the Lord, I wouldn't have made it through. Without the community, I wouldn't have made it through. But without all the adversity i had in my life prior to someone looking at me and said, Hey, you've got stage 4 cancer, and unless you take this poison, you're a dead man in a year. I wouldn't have made it through. There was a lot of pain that I endured that educated my pain endurance when I was going through treatment well, I didn't seek extreme pain just so I can go through treatment you know what I'm saying here okay so if you faint in the day of it, if that if an episode like that if losing your job makes you lose your faith if um, <clears throat> if if having trouble in your marriage makes you doubt God's grace if you know if the adversity comes and you faint then you got to recognize it's not God's problem I got a problem I'm weak that's why I'm falling you know, God's strength's still there, I just haven't accessed it, right? So if you faint in a day of adversity, your strength is small. We have the responsibility to cultivate enduring strength in our lives. Yes, God empowers us, love fuels it, but we also have the response, this is part of in, in, with endurance, possess your souls, gain your life, right? You have um, a responsibility to discipline your soul to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to endure hardness as a soldier. <clears throat> First, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. That's that endurance. That's that patience. And steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are, are yours and are increasing... They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. told you, steadfastness and endurance is a necessity. If you don't have endurance, you will be unfruitful. If you don't have all these things, you'll be unfruitful. But certainly, you have need of patience so that you can receive what was promised. Amen? The Lord gives us endurance. This is good. Hebrews chapter 12. He gives it to us through example. Chapter twelve, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You remember when I did that? You know, I tied the uh, the kettlebell to my leg, and we were clomping around, and I had the boots on wrong, and all that. Remember that illustration? <laughs> well, you know, it, you don't you don't encumber yourself with unnecessary weight to trip you up. No, you run the race, but run it with endurance. How? how we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him. Look at that, see? Reward. Jesus, reward driven. For the joy set before Him. crown of rejoicing is one of, the, one of the rewards promised to you, right? For the joy that was set before Him <coughs> endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated in the right hand of the throne of the Father. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. Amen? That's where the hostility is going to come from. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation, and in the kingdom, and in the patient endurance that are in Jesus. Patient endurance is in Jesus. You see that? We get it from Him through example. We get it from Him from His very life. The life of Christ in you. It's His. It's like, you know... I, I I live out of faith of Jesus Christ. This is this is His endurance. I serve the One who endured the cross for me, right? So that no tribulation I should face, every tribulation I would face, pales in comparison to what He suffered for me, and also is not worthy to be compared to what the glory He's going to give me later. Amen. So complaining should not be part of our modus operandi, right? <clears throat> the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So, again, God doesn't promise nice sweet outcomes. He promises you the right words to speak. John was in exile in the middle of the Mediterranean. Why? Because he had the word of Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Revelation 3.10, this is the Lord speaking. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Romans tells us that Those things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our hope and endurance. And we might have consolation. You know, that word of God in your heart, that word of God built up in you, you see God's faithfulness throughout the ages and his promises to hold on to, grant you endurance. I will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Amen? Amen.